It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Quickly to Wall. Wall measures. Deal. Gets open for three. Hello, hello. You are listening to the Locked On Wizards podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your daily Wizards news. I'm excited as this is my debut on Locked On Wizards. I'm Becca at Becca MVP on Twitter, and joining me is Arthur at District Mamba on Twitter, and Ian at the real Ian underscore E on Twitter. Hey guys, how's it going? Hey, what's up, guys? What up? First time, uh, first time having all three of us on the pod. We're super feels, excited. Feels good. Feels good. Yeah, it's. Uh definitely been an adventure and we uh we're very excited to get started our first uh what should we call this like three musketeers podcast we're the big three the big big three we're the big three the big three yeah that's what we're gonna call it um hopefully i mean the first of several hundred times uh that we're together but as always i'm always gonna say uh a huge thank you to noah getzel who is a former former uh host of the show he, the transition between helping us and him finishing was as professional as anything could ever be. So, like, shout out to you, Noah. He's been great. And, uh, Go, Noah. Yeah. Yeah, super helpful. He's he's still been helping, so we're trying, I know. trying to get away from that. But who um, would we be if we were the big three? Are we, are we like Nick Young, JaVale McGee? Oh, my God. Oh, no. <laughs> Um, I think we're like Gilbert, Larry Hughes, and Jameson, right? I think that's kind of like us now. Yeah, I'd want to be. I'd want to be Larry Hughes. I'd want to be Gilbert. You want to be the only guy who can play defense? Yeah, dude, I loved Larry Hughes, and that was like, yeah, that was a little uh, bit before. He's somewhere, he's somewhere in China now. Rest in peace, yeah. Larry. <laughs> um, but Jameson's respectable too, so you're good. Yeah. So that being said, this is our introduction part of our podcast. So Ian, you've already made your introduction before, but um, just because we're on now, do you want to give them a little summary, a little background about yourself? Yeah. Um, So I've been an obsessive, kind of diehard Wizards fan since around the time I was nine years old, so it was about 20 years ago, it was when Michael Jordan was coming back from retirement 
and I had heard about him from my parents and you know who who's a kid who's a kid who doesn't hear about Michael Jordan right? exactly so I was psyched out of my mind um, to watch him play for the local team and just that year I remember I never missed a game I watched every single game always even if I had to stay up late for like a West Coast game my parents would let me even at a younger age you know stay up way past my bedtime <laughs> and I remember I don't know scandalous I think I, knew, I think I really knew that I would be a fan for this team forever when I was 15 or something I was in my room I can't remember who the Wizards were playing. They were down by one with, like, seven seconds left. And there was some kind of defensive collapse. Someone lobbed the ball to Tyrone Liu ahead of of the defense in, like, a full-court pass scenario. And and Tyrone Liu was right there for a layup, just a wide-open layup. And he missed it at the buzzer. And I cried. I remember crying so hard. And my mom came. I was like, "What the hell? Why are you? What's wrong? What's? Why are you crying?" And I was like, wow, "It's just not broken. fair. It's not fair. They do this always." <laughs> so it's like, that was a throwback. I don't even know. Yeah, I don't, I don't recall That's that. I knew. I remember that. That's when I knew. That's when so you I knew think. you were loyal for life. Yeah. Okay. Should we say our age? Yeah. Why yeah. not? Yeah, I can throw it out. So I'm I'm 28 years old Whoop. currently. All right. So, yeah, I mean, because you, you mentioned, like, being 15, so I was just trying to do the math in my head. Not that it's important. I'm yeah. Okay. I, I think Arthur is 25, and I'm 25 as well. So. Oh, snap. No, I'm actually 26. Oh. But, yeah. I, I Did you just have a birthday? Like, six months ago. Oh, but. well, <laughs> happy belated, <laughs> Arthur. <laughs> yeah, thank you very much. Okay. And guys, guys, we are best friends. We all know each other really well. I know. Uh, we swear we're best friends. Um, so Arthur, tell me more about you and what made you a Wizards fan. Yeah, uh, so I, uh, I have appeared uh, a few times on the Locked On Wizards podcast with Noah. Um, we started off a little bit together, but then I kind of fell off towards the end. But basically, I've, my fanhood was born, uh, I think Ian touched on it, but when Jordan made his uh, comeback with uh, the Wizards, I guess, early 2000, 2001. Uh, I remember going to, I think, then MCI Center, which has been changed twice. I still um, call it that, by the way. Yeah, yeah, a bunch of people still do, for sure. Yeah, because, I mean, sometimes I call it MCI, but even calling it Verizon Center, like, you're kind of dating yourself now, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Um, But, yeah, just falling in love with, I guess, one of the greatest players of all time, and, uh, you know, going to the game, I think tickets were like $48 for like basically nosebleeds, but <laughs> games were sold out left and right, obviously, because everyone wanted to see Jordan have a, he had a pretty lucrative career with the Wizards, I would say, considering he was like 40 and he was the oldest, or not oldest, but he was like, he dropped, I think he had a Dude, criminally, just criminally underrated. That that could be a, a, a episode all by itself. Yeah, I would definitely have someone to write that down. But, <laughs> yeah, I was I was at the game where um, him and Jalen Rose kind of got into it because uh, there's this weird thing with Jalen Rose who was on the Bulls at the time. I believe he was a rookie. I don't know though. That seems like not enough time ago. But anyways, <laughs> Jalen Rose was kind of like the Bulls like go to player, and you know.
you know, a 38-year-old, 40-year-old Jordan, like, just blocked Rose at the, at the rim, you know, stuffed his shot against the backboard and, like, stood over him. And I remember seeing that, and I was just like, this is, this is ridiculous. Like, it, this guy's, like, 40, like, the age of my at the time. Still and going he's, strong. like, destroying, like, kids on the court. Um, but, yeah, that, that was definitely the moment what cemented it since Ian had such a beautiful moment as well um i think mine was when gilbert arenas hit the game winner in chicago um i believe it was game five game three in chicago um in the playoffs oh yes basically got put on the map i'm pretty sure it's game five i used to have a print of that shot and you could see like Gilbert elevating and Heinrich like barely outreaching him and Tyson Chandler was like photo. right behind him um, and then like you can see the shot clock is at like .3 seconds yeah that that's when my fanhood was born because that I like woke up the next morning because I fell asleep and my parents had written like on a piece of paper like the Wizards won and like I like checked ESPN News at that time and saw the, the replay but yeah uh, I love this team I you know, have to explain to my girlfriend that it's impossible to really explain what I feel about this team, but it's basically like a relationship with someone that on certain days they can make you the happiest person in the world, and then on certain, this um, maybe even the same day, they can make you upset like nothing else can, so. I 100% agree with that. Um, it's really, you know, it's really special, and being so loyal to this team, all three of us, it's safe to say that we've seen a lot of ups and downs the past um, 25, 28 years. And my fa- I don't have a favorite moment, but just I think what made me a fan was just watching Gilbert and, you know, his game-winning shots and his clutch shots. Like, everything about him just made him so exciting to watch. And, you know, like even to this day, like, I always, like, you know, I'll be looking up YouTube videos just to, like, remember, like, how great he was, and, and he was also a funny guy off the court, so how could you not like him, you know? Yeah, he was Steph, yeah. he, was, he was Steph before Steph. Steph before Steph. Yeah, I mean, also, you bring up, like, such a, like, I never thought about this, but there was a time, obviously, like you mentioned, one of the low years, like, the twenty like the end of 2008 till we drafted John Wall I would look up videos of Gilbert Arenas like just you know top 10 game winners top 10 games just to remember on YouTube and I catch myself doing that 10 years later but with John Wall which is like really incredible to think about that you know every decade has basically had you know a player that's been so dynamic and you know maybe we can have a who was who's better like Gilbert Arenas or John Wall even though Wall has been here longer unfortunately because of um Gilbert's shortcut career but the incident yeah yeah it's, there's there's so much that we've been a part of and um one of the topics we'll get into here in a little bit about how the Capitals making the Stanley Cup finals like just it has me like contemplating like what if the wizards go on a run like this it's like mind what would blowing. Be of like my twitter account like my timeline like people that i know like you know what, what what would the feelings be like and i feel like it would just be pure like crying like a baby because like there's nothing yeah. else that i can 
can like expect but just like all those emotions from like being the laughing stock of the NBA to the embarrassment of what Gilbert Arenas did to you know shorten his career JaVale McGee running the wrong way uh, you know hey. Ernie Grunfeld you know strangling this team for our whole lives like it, there's just so much that would catch up at that moment like it would be impossible to imagine until it becomes real I'm fully with you there Arthur all right that being said we will see you on the flip side to discuss Bradley Beal and the Caps and the Wizards and more the NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey guys, welcome to the Locked on Wizards podcast. We are back and we are here to discuss the Wizards and Capitals. And, you know, all of us are such diehard fans. It really makes us wonder, you know, what would it feel like if the Wizards were in the situation that the Caps are in now? Because they're going to the the finals. I mean, that's that's it, you know, and they haven't seen a final in years. And, you know, I just feel like, I'm happy for the Caps. You know, we're all DC sports fans all around, but we always go back to the Wizards and we always think what could have been. Am I right, guys? Yeah, I mean, it's... I kind of... I touched on it in my last episode a little bit, but it makes me... It makes me so happy to see any DC sports team playing for a championship. I mean, just saying, just saying those words out loud, it's nuts. But when you think about what the Capitals went through, there are a ton of similarities between kind of the ups and the downs and how the fans felt and how how the outlook and how the team was trending over the years. There's a lot of similarities with the Wizards and and what they have going on right now and what they've had going on for the last four years. Because when you look at the Capitals, yeah, they're in the Stanley Cup Finals. And when you look back five years ago, four years ago, three years ago, what were, I mean, you guys remember, like, what were fans saying? They're like, blow it up, we're done, it's over, the core's done, we gotta, we gotta start over. Trade Ovechkin, yeah, the, the greatest goal scorer in the history of the game. Oh my gosh, that. what does that remind Our, you guys so, of? So, it's like, you know, the Wizards, I don't know, we've all talked about it, kind of just in our free time with each other, but, I mean, what do you guys think, as far as the differences between the Capitals and the Wizards in their last decade of ups and downs. And when you look at where the Capitals are, when you look at those differences and those similarities, how far away are the Wizards from what the Capitals are doing now? I think it's pretty reasonable to say that the Wizards are and Capitals are pretty day and night, mainly because I, I hated whenever the Wizards would get grouped into 
the Nationals and the Capitals choking in the playoffs, mainly because the Wizards have never been the best team in their respective sport. Like, the Nationals at one point, they're like, the best team in baseball, starting pitching, oh my god, like, don't play them in the playoffs. And then they don't get out of the first round. Same thing with the Capitals. They break records, Golden State Warriors of the NHL, and then they choke it in the second round. But we've never been in a position where people are looking at our team and they're like, the Wizards are the best team in the NBA. Or, you know, they our star players might say we're the best team in the NBA, but then we get humbled every time. Um, but I think it's different situations, but at the same time, there's definitely uh, situations where they are the same. And uh, Ian, you mentioned this earlier. We, we have a group chat and we talk a lot on there, but you mentioned about getting rid of Ovechkin and how that was like everybody's knee-jerk response. Like, we need to blow this up. We need change. And then, like, it just works out, you know. But there needs to be a change in, like, the general manager, somebody else to put together players around Ovechkin to make it work. There needs to be, like, a cut in, like, contracts. Like, how many big names left the Capitals last season? Like, I don't – I'm not that big into hockey, but – from what I hear, like they basically lost at least four starters and they replaced them with young players. And those young players are the ones that are making a huge difference this playoff run. And because of that, they have a lot of depth. And that pretty much sounds like our team, where we have, you know, Gortat, we have Markeith Morris, we have, you know, Jan Mahimi for whatever he's able to contribute. Cut the ties with those players, plug in younger options cheaper options and see where that takes you because a season that has no expectations can result in a playoff run in a conference finals run in a stanley cup finals run just like the capitals i'm fully with you on that one i mean it's just to go back to what you said you know we're not respected as a team that's a championship contender and you know the caps and the nats they go on runs where they are so it's just really difficult you know to compare the Caps and the Wizards, although there are some differences, you know, and similarities. It's just, you know, we we can't help but watch, you know, the playoff games. I don't know about you guys, but when I was watching game six, I was actually in the arena and the whole place was just nuts. Like everyone was wearing a Caps jersey, like everyone was excited, like they had their cheers, like, and you know, the Wizards is just, I can't say that the arena is like that even in a playoff atmosphere. So it's just really you know it's really like upsetting for me like I just want the Wizards to you know be like cheered for and hopefully you know once that once we figure out the roster maybe next season we'll get to a point where we are you know Eastern Conference Finals contenders but you know we don't know yet so yeah and I think I mean both of you guys nailed it. You know, like make good points. They they have never been the best team in the NBA or even the best team in their conference. Not once. Um, yeah, not not once. Not even with this core of you know John Wall, Bradley Beal. Not in that era. But I think I think one important lesson to be learned from the Capitals and something that fans should take away from what's happened with this Stanley Cup run from the Caps is that when you do have in your sport doesn't matter what sport it is when you have elite level talent you don't even if you've got like years in a row 
where maybe they underperform or maybe they don't they don't perform at the level that we expect of them you don't take that talent and throw it away and blow it up just so you can rebuild to get exactly where you were five years later and i think when you look at what the caps did they they kept their superstar and then they like like arthur and like you were mentioning becca they you know they cut some contracts they fixed the cap situation that they were in they drafted young talent super well and they kind of some of that's luck but some of those players paid off for them big time this year and now they're going to the stanley cup finals and you still have alex incredible so you can retool around him and i think the caps are a lesson in patience for fans if nothing else but then again the capitals don't have ernie grunfeld as their general manager (laughs) absolutely Um, but along with you know being patient there's also a a string of luck that you need and watching the capitals as someone as like a casual fan like myself there are so many lucky breaks that the caps are like running into that obviously not to discredit what they're doing at all but it's just you can tell like this is this is the opportunity like Last night, Game 7, there were so many chances for the Lightning to score, you know, whether it was off a post or I forgot one shot, like, earlier in the second uh, period, I believe, where uh, a weird bound, rebound off Holpe, and it's basically, like, an open net goal. Wide open goal, yeah. One little push from a Caps defender, you know, knocks off the forward from scoring. So it's like... There, there's a lot of, and then like so many pucks that went through Hopi's leg, but instead of sliding through that line for a goal, it just stays underneath him. Like there has to be a combination of so many things, but patience is definitely one of the trickiest ones because you can't really, you know, predict what's going to happen. You kind of just have to wait sometimes and see. I'm totally with you. I think we raised some great points. And um, all right, guys, well, we're going to take a quick break. And after that, we're going to discuss Bradley Beal and his reaction to not making the NBA all team. And if we have time, we're going to review some of the Twitter questions that we got. And we will see you shortly. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner. And Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, as a reminder, you are listening to the Locked On Wizards podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and this is our third segment tonight, and we are discussing Bradley Beal not making the NBA all-team, and I don't know about you guys, but I find it, you know, I, I understand why he wasn't selected, clearly, 
But it was just shocking to me that he didn't receive one vote knowing that, you know, some of the DC sports writers were the ones who voted, you know. So I figured that he would at least get a vote. I mean, what do, what do you guys think about that? Um, Arthur, I'll let you. You can, you can start taking that one. Because Arthur, <laughs> no, Arthur, Arthur has some things to say, I know, so. Uh, yeah, but I, I want to basically... So my initial reaction, I kind of, like, laughed at people that were freaking out, <laughs> mainly because, you know, we're an eighth seed team that lost to what seemed like every five, every under 500 team in the right. NBA, was embarrassed on national television by, you know, take it for what it matters, but, like, Stephen A. Smith, like, a million times called us out, Charles Barkley, like, you know, everybody and their mom. We were dragged our inability to, like, win these easy games and put ourselves in the eighth seed. But I changed my mind a little bit when I saw that Beal received zero votes. Because, I mean, I definitely don't think he deserves a spot. And Noah actually tweeted us and said, uh, you know, he mentioned the names of, like, Jimmy Butler and Paul George. And I, I just... DeMar DeRozan... First of all, DeMar DeRozan was the number one seed, led like the number one seed team in the regular season. Ignoring what the playoffs, like what resulted from the playoffs, because these awards are based on regular season, DeMar DeRozan deserves a spot. I mean, there's a 60-win number one, you know, seed in the East. You know, he had probably his best year all around and, you know, for what, what it is, you know, is just a completely different player in the playoffs. Now, if you tell me Beal, Beal or DeRozan in the playoffs, I'm taking Beal 10 times out of 10. Of course. But in terms of the regular season, you know, DeMar DeRozan deserves what he earned because he earned a, he helped lead and earn a 60-win number one seed in the East. Have to respect that. And in terms of, like, Jimmy Butler and Paul George, I can see, like, differences, but just because of their intensity and their defense and just everything that they do, I still think I am okay with them getting consideration over Beal just because Jimmy Butler was a huge part of what the Timberwolves were able to do in the West, like the, tough, the toughest of the two conferences. And Paul George the same. Like, their, their big three that didn't work out, like Carmelo Anthony, Russell Westbrook, and Paul George, if it wasn't for Paul George, that team would have been a complete disaster. Aside from, uh, obviously, you know what you're going to get Westbrook, but I don't think anybody would have guessed that Carmelo would have struggled so much. And even though George definitely took a backseat to Westbrook, like he was definitely a huge part in their ability to win whatever they ended up winning. Yeah. I'm totally so with you. I my reaction was more towards like I'm not going to put Bradley Beal in that same class because he won some games over you know a regular season without John Wall. Because we just didn't take care of business. But if we were a fourth seed, a third seed, I think Beal would have gotten more respect. And that respect would have been earned instead of just laughing it off. Because, like, if anything, you should be laughing at yourself for not being able to beat, you know, these teams that are begging for losses. But that was my mm -hmm. take on it. Well, he did laugh today on Twitter. At 2.33 p.m., he did tweet LOL. So... Whether, whether he's laughing because he's happy or mad, he is laughing. So, um, this season, I know, this season he had, he averaged 22.6 points, 
4.5 assists and 4.5 rebounds, 46 from the field, and 37.5% beyond the three-point line. What surprises me about this is that Chris Paul and Kyrie Irving received votes and Bradley Beal didn't, while Chris Paul and Kyrie Irving both missed over 20 games and Beal played 82 games. So, Ian, what's your thoughts on that? Um, I think... Touching on the Kyrie Irving, Chris Paul stuff, yeah, they missed a good part of the season. Um, it was huge. It was huge for Bradley Beal to play all 82 games this year. I think really for to get that label off his, you know, kind of kind of off his that weight As off his that chest. Injured of, player. Oh, he's always injured. He's injury prone. Right. I remember, you know, you guys remember just every time he would fall down and be slow to get up and be like, oh gosh, here we go again. Here we okay. go. Bradley Beal's gonna miss two weeks day to day but his durability this year I think was huge and it's and it's a big step in his career going forward because he's still young people forget you know it seems like he's been here forever he's only 24 right he's a young he's guy he's not near his ceiling he's not even he hasn't even hit his prime yet so he's going to get better I think Kyrie Irving and I think Chris Paul do deserve whatever votes they they got um and, and it's only because they contributed so much to two of the absolute best teams in basketball. Two teams who are still playing. They're still playing right now. Right. And there's only, and there's only four teams left. So you're looking at a Celtics team who's one win away from the NBA Finals without Kyrie Irving. So I know that you you could argue maybe maybe they don't, they don't need him. Maybe they're better without him. I don't know. That that's that can be an argument made. And with Chris Paul. I think he changed the dynamic of that team. He put a second facilitator that allows James Harden to kind of be that guy in the corner to catch a shot or that guy in the wing or that guy slashing to the basket. So he changed the dynamic of the Houston Rockets completely by adding him to that roster. So I think those are valid votes. Now with Bradley Beal, just first, first of all, does he deserve to be all NBA? No, not at all. Um, you already mentioned those points, Arthur. So he he shouldn't have even been considered because he didn't do enough as the best player on the team. There were nights where Bradley Beal is supposed to be the best player on the court for both teams, and he just wasn't. He'd be getting outplayed by, like, second and third options on the opposing team. So there's there's something to be said about is it something he should have – gotten like all NBA third team even no I don't think so but I do feel like him getting zero votes it's a little much it's not surprising it's more it's more almost like for him he should take it as kind of a slap in the face because there are other dudes around the league who got like one or two or three votes that he's probably a better player than You're definitely right on that, and I think it's the inconsistency, you know, what it really comes down to, because some nights, you know, Beal looked like he was, you know, the greatest player ever, and then other nights it's just like, you know, when we needed him in the clutch, you know, he just wasn't there. So it's, I mean, I'd have to agree. I don't think that he necessarily deserved it this year, but, you know, who's to say that he won't get it next year or the year after? Because like you said, Ian, he's really young. So he's, he's he's capable of doing it. His, absolutely. You Becca, you mentioned the three point shooting percentage. That's got to be higher. I mean, absolutely. I think we all agree on that. He's supposed to be this 
He's supposed yeah, to be the sharpshooter. Like assassin from the perimeter. He's just not good enough from three right now. He needs to get better. And I totally, I mean, I still believe in Beal. I mean, I, I really think he's going to come back next season and he's going to show us what he's made of. I think this is going to motivate him to, you know, work over the summer and just be ready. So yep. I'm happy about that. Um, that being said, did we have any questions from the Twitterverse that we wanted to review tonight? Uh, yeah, so I had one. Um, I guess I'll start by reading mine real quick. Um, so this is from at Chinchilla DK on Twitter, uh, Mr. Corey Sims. Hi, Corey. He, he asked. He, he asked us, uh, given the numerous Ernie moves of the past, what trades do you think Ernie could do this off season? What is the worst case Ernie Grunfeld scenario, and the best case Ernie Grunfeld scenario? Oh. Um, the, <laughs> there's so much to be said about. Ernie, our GM, but, you know, I, I think the worst thing he could do is leave it as is, but, I mean, obviously we're going to have a lot of opportunities to trade, and I heard some something on Twitter about people saying that we should trade for Leonard and try to give away Oubre, Otto, and a first pick. I don't know. What are you, your guys' thoughts on that? Oh, I'm, I'm I think, I think I'd, up for that. Yeah, I think I'm out of time. You do it for Kawhi. Yeah. I think you do that. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm. First of all, shout out to uh, to a you, Corey. Uh, thank you for the question and obviously listening. Uh, but worst case is, I know he mentioned trades, but worst case is Ernie drafts a European, uh, I don't know, project. Because I. <laughs> it always fear, ends up like, so badly. It always goes so badly. Right, I mean, so wrong. is the extreme, you know, but whatever. Like, Shout out to like Sato. It's, yeah, it's always a mess. And then best case, I don't... <laughs> like, what, like, what's the best case? Like, there is no thing. best case. <laughs> he, doesn't, he doesn't blow it up. Yeah, the whole <laughs> thing just doesn't, you know. Right, I just, I just think if we can't trade for like a Kawhi Leonard or DeMarcus Cousins or whatever players are being thrown around for trade rumors, if you can move up to draft a piece that has fallen, like I've seen a lot, I don't really keep up with drafts too much because that's, that's a lot of stuff to look at. But if there's a talent that falls, like let's just say the Wizards pick at 14, correct? 15, through the 15. 15. Let's say like at 12, there's a player that has fallen that nobody is taking. I think best case scenario is Ernie maneuvers himself to get that pick, whether it's like giving up a second round pick and a player to move up, or I, I honestly don't know what a what best case Ernie situation is. I think best case is he gets fired, but I'm <laughs> that's obviously best. not yeah, going to happen. I think we all agree the best case. Best um, case is he gets fired. Well, he's right. still here, unfortunately, and that's not going to change anytime soon. So yeah. I guess, you know, we'll see. We'll, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. I mean, there's, you know, shout out to Corey for asking the question. It was great. I guess we'd have to, you know, do some soul searching and deep thinking to figure out what the best, you know, outcome would be of this off season. Yeah, pretty much, especially with Ernie. But this, like, leads pretty perfectly to another question from... 
uh, Real Mr. Perfect on Twitter. Shout out to you. I know you listen a lot. That's my boy. Um, he asked, would you trade for or acquire a big-named free agent this offseason? If so, who would it be? Uh, well, the first part of the question is, yes, I would absolutely be down for uh, a change in terms of the core. I'm um, with it. I think in order of who I'd rather trade, it'd probably be, you know, uh, Porter's going to be impossible to trade because of that trade kicker. But Porter, Oubre, the first-round pick, Beal, and then, you know, everyone else, basically. Because, like, I, I don't think we're going to trade John Wall. I, I don't see that happening. I hope not. I also don't think we're going to trade Otto Porter. But right. in terms of um, free agents, are there or you know free agent targets? Are, are there anybody? Are there any players that you guys are looking at and are like this guy should be a wizard because we need him? All of them. Um, yeah, Becca, <laughs> you you go ahead and start because I gotta I have to pick my brain for that for a second. Well, I mean, it's hard. It's hard because I think we could use any help that you know we could possibly get but like I said before I mean I think Leonard would be a great target I think Cousins might be a great opportunity I'm not sure how we would be able to get him but I think I I would definitely sign um you know try to acquire a big star free agent this offseason yeah I mean there's I'm just looking at a list here on Google and I'm going through and I'm like eh Okay, LeBron James, that's not going to happen. <laughs> so let's let that Oh, no. Um, guys, we could sign Carmelo Anthony to a long-term deal. <laughs> I mean, we could do that for his leadership, uh, but yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Or, worst case, Ernie. Or we could all just stop watching basketball. Um, so then there's... Uh, I there's like that Chandler, idea. There's like Chandler Parsons. I mean, you got a Dwight Howard, DeAndre Jordan, Paul George, uh, Ennis Cantor. I... I, I I don't know. Anders Cantor can't play defense to save his life, but I remember I was in love with him when the Jazz drafted him. I would take him. He's he's he gets you like he he's literally maybe the best rebounder in the entire league, like per thirty six, and he he scores whenever he wants to in the paint. And but defensively, he's just kind of he's just kind of trash. Like he 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 gives he gives you a lot, and then he takes away a lot. So I don't know. Right. Agreed. Um, yeah. But then, of course, I mean, you guys talked about DeMarcus Cousins. I, I'm i kind of all in on that idea. I know people are scared because of the Achilles, but I don't think this team is in any position to turn down elite-level NBA talent. Like, we can't – I talked about it in my last episode, but we can't sit here as fans and go, this team's not good enough at all. And then five seconds later go, <laughs> And, like, scoff and, like, be like, no, we can't add elite talent to the team. That's terrible. We can't do that. So yeah, I mean, I'd, ra- I'd rather risk take a risk than see another year of what we just saw. Cause that yeah. Was Pretty painful to um, watch. So, hopefully we won't have a repeat and Ernie will do something for us this season. But, guys, I think we just completed our first podcast together. So yeah. I'm really oh, excited about it. I think so, we did good. Uh, it's all right. It felt right, guys. It's all right. All right. Well, thank you for joining us. As a reminder, you are listening to the Locked On Wizards podcast, part of the Locked On Network, and we will see you next time.
said I'm in over my head like Lincoln staring in the space when they shot him I'm pretty sure that we've been here before My memories save me from the thrill of remembering It's true that the ocean isn't blue It's our brains playing tricks on our bodies Big waves form a crescent of a sage The current pulls on the land beneath me Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.